recorded live in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Trivial Warfare. More than just a pub quiz, Trivial Warfare is your gateway to a worldwide trivia community. Join your hosts, Jonathan. Take these broken wings, it's Mr. Mister. Broken wings. Son of a beasting. Chris. I thought it was about a tree falling. I thought I was talking about a person going down. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Carmella. My vodka is telling me that no, they didn't. And the answer is yes, they were in 1854. You lied to me. Ben. Jonathan was literally, he was literally about to break things. He wasn't kidding. He was about to get it from his desk and destroy something valuable. (laughs) And the rest of the Trivial Warfare Army for another week of fun and games. Now here's your host, Jonathan Oaks. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Trivial Warfare. We are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. Guys, I have the hosts of the best trivia shows in the business with me today right now for what I'm going to call the Trivia Olympics. In the house today, we have Andy Saunders from Complete the List. Hello, Andy. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? Welcome, my friend. In the house today, we have AJ Mass from Beat My Guest. Hello, AJ. What, what? How's it going, guys? (laughs) Man, good to see you. And last but not least, we have the four gentlemen from Triviality. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you guys doing? Uh, This is Ken with Triviality and over across from me. Hi, this is Neil. Thanks for having us, Jonathan. Uh, Jeff. And Matt is also here. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, it's great to have you. So uh, why don't we find out a little bit more about you. Tell me about your show. Make sure, because there's going to be some people who have heard you and some who haven't. Tell us about yourselves and uh, tell us about Triviality. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for having us. Uh, This is Ken again. So we started exactly one year ago, pretty much. Um, We just kind of... Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. We just kind of set out to have fun and play a fast-paced kind of bar trivia sort of themed podcast. Uh, We run about uh, 25 questions and a, a special round every game. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun. Got some great listeners, great fans, and uh, we're happy to be here. Yeah, the tagline is uh, where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge, and we kind of focus sometimes a little bit on the lack of seriousness, which I really like to <laughs> bring right. to the game. So. If you'd asked me that um, over the last year, the lack of seriousness has grown, and the little bit of knowledge has been pretty consistent. And uh, <laughs> one thing we like to say, or like that we like to, to do on the show is uh, we all have different specialties, so when we play alone, we might not be that great, but uh, <laughs> together, we, we sort of unite like Captain Planet, so that's, that's kind of our motto. Yeah, and we've been kind of playing around with a couple different formats to keep it fun too so you guys also have a uh, macho man fetish how did <laughs> fetish that is the right word yes <laughs> i mean oh yeah tell me about that brother i mean we're uh mostly 80s babies who grew up with uh macho man kind of so he's from chicago yeah we we love wrestling and uh, we love patrick swayze he's uh he's on our wall here we'll have to move the camera and uh you'll beautiful you'll see our patrick swayze roadhouse poster so you get a heavy uh heavy dose of patrick swayze and macho man and on pop, our shows pop culture. there's a lot of pop culture yeah, what more can you ask yeah. for yeah. <laughs> it does not get better than that all right guys thanks for being here thank you all right, AJ, my friend, host of Beat My Guest. How did Beat My Guest start? Tell me about the show, brother. Uh, well, Beat My Guest uh, it is a labor of love. Uh, I, I've been a big trivia fan for a long, long time, and uh, 
I actually was listening to your podcast, sir. Uh, you and the guys at Trivial Warfare, and uh, I really liked what you guys were doing. Uh, and I thought, you know, I I want to get into this uh, kind of uh, family of trivia podcasts, and so I uh, I came up with my own format that uh, I've been uh, thinking about for a really long time. It's it's instead of having a whole bunch of people on the show all at once, I have one guest, one guest in my hot seat. I ask really, really hard questions, but they're <laughs> only competing to set the bar to see if you at home can, as the title says, beat my guests. So it's it's a one-on-one competition that everybody can play along at home, and it doesn't matter how many questions you get right, as long as you get more than my guest. Oh, dude, what's your favorite part of doing the show? It's because you've been around for about a year or maybe a little bit longer at this point. Yeah, just a little bit longer than a year. Uh, You know, I like writing questions. And uh, one of the things that I think that has, uh, apart from the difficulty level, and I know it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. Uh, But I like to just uh, kind of string together a theme throughout my questions. uh, And so that even if you don't know the answer to the question, if you can figure out the theme that's kind of lurking beneath the surface, you might be able to uh, make a blind stab at it. And a lot of people have become really good, uh, almost Jason Voorhees-esque at the blind stabbing. <laughs> and I, I have to point out, you guys, uh, Triviality was talking about Patrick Swayze on their wall. On AJ's wall, I'm looking at a, a, a what, three-by-three three album cover piece of artwork here with 1984, Tears for Fears, Songs from Tom the big Petty chair, and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. Licensed? Oh no, it's not three by three. Holy crap! It's yeah, a whole it is wall. About, uh, it's about uh, three by ten, actually. Holy moly, man! Are those are those the actual full albums? Oh, yep. I see Roadhouse down there. <laughs> they are actually the full albums. Uh, my wife and I. Uh, my wife is an interior designer, and uh, we set up this room with kind of the uh, the pop culture room. And uh, yeah, we've got uh, all of our favorite albums from like the eighties and nineties. Beatles album with Pink Floyd, so, but uh, basically the 80s and 90s, yeah. I love that so much. Very cool. All right. Andy Saunders, complete the list. Yours is probably, it's probably the most different out of out of the f- four shows here. It's uh, You struck out in an interesting direction, one that I think is very cool. So tell people about complete the list. So complete the list. It's all, first of all, well, it's also the newest of the podcasts in this group. I think we started, I started in June of last year. Basically it's, um, I started out because I was doing trivia nights at retirement homes in my local area. And I had this large collection of questions that I wanted to repurpose and needed another use for. And they were all the questions where you have, you know, I ask a thing and you've got 10, you know, 12, 15 possible answers and I needed to repurpose them somehow. And so I kind of created this complete the list format where I bring on two, three, four, however many players and they just go one at a time trying to knock items off the list. And it's uh, turned into quite a nice following. And I, I were at the... Uh, I'm at the point where I'm able to put out two episodes a week now, generally Mondays and Thursdays, and it's uh, I'm I'm really happy with what's happened with it. It's fantastic. It's a great show, and I'll point out that doing trivia at a nursing home or an old folks' home, it is truly the one venue where you're desperately wanting to not knock them dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. Oh, oh, I know. Yes. No. Hey, Trivial Warfare. If I had to describe Trivial Warfare in like a few words, bad jokes, puns, bad singing, trivia. Those are, <laughs> that's what we specialize in. So <laughs> that's got to go on a patch or something. <laughs> you know, those band so t-shirts guys, with like Paul and John and. Oh, yeah. George. Right. I'm, I'm seeing like an animated full size movie poster where that's like the tagline on the bottom. Love it. So, guys, today's game, this is the Trivia Olympics. I've gotten the best shows around, and I'm not, I'm not sliding any other shows, but you guys have shown time and time again that you're putting out quality work over the long haul here. I want us to kind of go head-to-head here. I wanted to do it in a way that would feature all of our different formats, right? So what we're going to do, we're going to have a four-round game, and each round will be hosted by a different show. So there's going to be a Trivial Warfare round. There's going to be a Beat My Guest round. There's going to be a Triviality round. And there will be a Complete the List round. At the end of the four rounds, the the three shows that have the most points will move on to the final. And the show that has the least points will be the host for the final. And that final will be done in whatever style they have chosen. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you're listening, you're going to have to follow along because the game is going to change as we go from round to round. But first up is the Trivial Warfare round. So, gentlemen, I hope you have a pad of paper and a pencil ready because you're going to need to lock things in. And in the case of Triviality, guys, since there's four of you, you can only have one player per round. So before the round starts you're going to need to nominate the player that's going to answer the questions for those rounds. Uh, Last but not least, the way it will be scored is that each round will have a winner who earns seven total points, a second-place team who earns four total points, and a third-place team who will earn zero points. At the end of the four rounds, those points will be added together to get to the final scores. All right, here we go. Trivial Warfare round question one. The category is movies, and this question comes to us from Billy Bang. When casting for the first Harry Potter film, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Robin Williams campaigned to play the part of Rubius Hagrid, but was turned down because J.K. Rowling and the director, Chris Columbus, only wanted to cast British actors in the movie. They were very successful in sticking to the British-only rule, with the exception of Madame Hooch, played by American Zoe Wanamaker. She was acting in the U.K. for a long time. Only one other American was cast due to his unusual physical makeup. Who is the actor? Oh, by the way, which player is playing for Triviality? We, uh, we nominated Neil. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll right. volunteer for Tribute. So. It's the only movie question in the round, Neil. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not locked in. But... Locked in, cool. John, are you going to uh, pipe in uh, the uh, kickoff to the game, or should I just go, all players? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will uh, put a little, tiny little intro in there and let it hit. <laughs> Actually, no, I can't, though, because that, that has the rules and the gauntlet and all that, and that's not what we're doing, so it doesn't fit. <laughs> so sad. Well, well, you have the snippet now. <laughs> the heavy size. Uh, I, 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 I love I'm it. I'm going to lock in. Hey, all right, Andy's locked in. All right, you're the only outstanding now, Neil. Feel free to talk it out, Neil. Neil, you can talk. Yeah, this is disappointing because uh, I I know I've knew, I've known this answer before, and for some reason I'm having a complete brain fart. Uh, my girlfriend of uh, the two of us is the Harry Potter fanatic, along with uh, her Gilmore Girls obsession and How I Met Your Mother. But 
Um, I, I don't know why. I just I, I keep thinking of people that I know are not American because we just recently did an episode where I kept doing a Hans Gruber impression of Alan Rickman. So all I have in my head is Alan Rickman <laughs> going, pick me, pick me. Um, <laughs> so that's uh, it's not uh, boding well. Um, but according to your clue of, uh, of their unique... Uh, was it their unique uh, stature is what you said? I said specifically unusual physical makeup. Unusual physical makeup. I, I, all right, I'm, I'm going to lock in with something I, I don't think is correct, but I'm locked in. Go ahead and spit it out. You're the person talking. Uh, I'm going to lock in with uh, last name Jones. Jones. All right, we're looking for a lucky Jones. Andy Saunders, what did you think? Well, um, basically... I took the unusual physical makeup. It's been a long time since I've seen the Harry Potter movies, but I basically just started writing down um, or trying to think of uh, people who had a rather shorter stature, um, decided Peter Dinklage wasn't in the Harry Potter movies and so was not, um, did not go for him, but ended up picking Vern Troyer. Okay. And AJ Mass, what were you thinking? Uh, definitely, I was thinking uh, along those lines uh, and uh, the shorter stature as well. I know that at some point, Harry goes to Gringotts, and uh, there is a banker there, kind of a gremlin. I was, uh, I, If I had thought of Vern Troyer, I probably would have guessed Vern Troyer, actually. Uh, I went with Willow himself, Warwick Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, he's American, but that's uh, the uh, person I went with. So, I can tell you that this actor was replaced playing Griphook the Goblin. Uh, Uh, Warwick Davis replaced him in the later movies. Warwick Davis also played uh, Flitwick, but he is British. The correct answer is Vern Troyer. Oh, my. In the first movie, Vern Troyer played Griphook. Andy is the only person to get the points. Uh, And in this case, just for you guys listening, I'm scoring the Trivial Warfare round 10 points for a normal question like that, and the other ones I'll say specifically how I'm doing them. Uh, so I'll keep track of that and let you know how it's going. So it's 10 to 0 to 0 right now. Uh, the next question, your category is sports. With seven cup championships, tying him for Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt for the most all-time, what NASCAR driver born in El Cajon, California, is the only man to win five consecutive NASCAR Cup championships? All right, I am locked in. All right, AJ's locked in. I am also locked in. Andy's locked in. It's over to you, Neil. Um, I'm going to lock in as well. All right, Neil, what are you thinking? Uh, So I don't know anything about NASCAR. Um, I know there's cars. They go fast and they go left. Um, So um, I went with uh, the last name Chandler. Andy, you were the next in. What were you thinking, my friend? Mm Mm-hmm. So um, I had it down to... Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Jeff Gordon is from Indiana. So by process of elimination, and I'm pretty sure that um, I recall him winning five in a row at one point, I went for Jimmy Johnson. And AJ, what are you thinking? Yeah, uh, as much as a sports guy as I am, uh, not so much with the cars going in a circle. Uh, so uh, my my knowledge, you know, if, if we're talking, you know, like Emerson Fittipaldi or, or, or funny names like Dick Trickle, I can help help you there. But uh, ah, the classic Richard Trickle. I, I, 
Yeah, I am aware, however, that uh, there is indeed a race car driver whose last name was Johnson, who was pretty successful. Mm. Didn't quite remember the first name uh, because I would always conflate it with golfer Dustin Johnson. So I just wrote Johnson and circled it, going for the hopefully lucky Johnson. In this case, my friends, once in a great while, (laughs) you can win with a lucky Johnson. And this was one of those times. It was Jimmy Johnson. Uh, I believe it was, let me see, it was 2006, 7, 8, 9, and 10, if I'm not mistaken. Andy with 20 points, AJ with 10, Neil and Triviality haven't gotten any points yet, but they are coming. We hope. Yeah, we'll get, Neil, we'll get we some hope. points. We, <laughs> we hope. See, in that question, I was thinking of Kyle Chandler, the actor, for some reason. Why? So, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I'm sh- Matt. Matt's looking at you, and he's like, "Just guess Johnson. Yeah. Just <laughs> guess Johnson. Johnson." I kept thinking of Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise, so that was my train of thought. <laughs> and then he went on to win those Super Bowls. So yeah, good for him. Clear windshields, full gas tank, can't win. Yeah, right. <laughs> question three. This is a music question. A question comes to us from Sean Cauley. Thank you, Sean. In 1984, there were only five albums that reached the number one spot on the Billboard album chart. This is the lowest number in history. I will give you four points for each of those albums that you can name. AJ, don't look at your wall. Uh, Well, you you are allowed to look at your walls. Yeah, no, not in this game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, I only think two of them are up there, but nevertheless. Yeah, it's no help around here. We're looking at uh, Roadhouse Poster, Shawshank Redemption, uh, Runaway Train, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> and and uh, as you can tell, no Soul music. Asylum, Runaway Train, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> the Grave Dancers Union. I'm locking in. All right, Andy's locked in. All right, I will I'll lock. All right, Neil, what are you thinking? So I, I, I have two guesses here that i i feel like are kind of in the ballpark uh, i'm not too sure on so immediately i wrote down thriller i mean i'm not sure if that's 1984 but i know that's obviously a big record um and i also wrote down van halen's 1984 i'm not too sure on the other ones uh, i'm really only going to take two more stabs at it so um my third and fourth guess are going to be uh, an album i always know is in trivia but i it's probably too late for this or too early it's uh, eagles greatest hits and i put uh madonna's like a virgin although i think that would have come out later so those are my four guesses thriller uh, van halen 1984 eagles greatest hits and madonna like a virgin you get one more guess uh, and my last there guess are five answers. Oh, uh, my last guess will be uh, DeVoe self-titled. <laughs> <laughs> okay, AJ, over to you. All right. Well, I also uh, went with the uh, Michael Jackson uh, Thriller Hangover there uh, to last. Uh, I think it was number one for two years. I think that might have been one of the years. So I went Thriller. Uh, I also went with the uh, almost no-brainer that you have to guess it. Is that 1984 from Van Halen? Uh, Why wouldn't it not have been in 1984, correct? We hope so. Uh, After that, I went with Synchronicity by the Police. I went with She's So Unusual by Cyndi Lauper and uh, Seven and the Ragged Tiger by Duran Duran, hoping that uh, I have the right year there. All right. And then, Andy, over to you. Okay, so... um... I'm not sure how many people are aware of this, but I hosted music trivia for a number of years where I am. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> so um, my first, the first one I put down was Thriller. 
Michael Jackson. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA, was another. Purple Rain from Prince, I think, is another. Um, the one I believe that replaced Thriller at number one was the Footloose soundtrack. And the fifth one, I cannot remember the name of the album. I know it's by Huey Lewis in the News. I cannot remember the name of it. So I put Huey Lewis in the News self-titled as my fifth guess. Probably be All sports, right. maybe. I was going to guess sports, yeah. <laughs> uh, Do they have the other correct albums? answers? Thriller. Footloose. Sports. Oh, it is sports. Okay. Born in the USA. And it ended the year with... A Long Run by Purple Rain. Good job, Andy. Andy got 16 points. Neil got four. AJ got four. Hey, we got points. <laughs> Everybody's on the board. And we're moving to question four, which is in geography. This question comes to us by Penny Burge. The Kalahari Desert Basin stretches across six African countries. I'll give you three points for each one you can name, and two bonus points if you can name all six. I cannot. <laughs> Honesty is always appreciated. <laughs> I want to help them so bad. I know. This is where I'd like to play a separate Isn't game. It brutal. And halfway through, now at this point, you're on question four, so you guys have a feeling for who maybe if if Neil if somebody else should have gone this turn you know just so you because you never know until you hear the questions just so you can see on this sheet of paper before we started I put I want to complete the list round (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you you wrote that after (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah and uh, and just for the record the only thing I know about Kalahari is we we just did a Kalahari commercial and that's that's where my mind's at right now (laughs) it's lovely fried uh, with Italian uh, food (laughs) (laughs) with a nice squeeze of lemon (laughs) Yes. Some marinara. Marinara. I'm really depressed on that last question that I neglected to say Huey Lewis's album as sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am too now that you mention it. <laughs> he needs a comeback album with SARS. <laughs> I will lock in. All right. Excitedly, AJ is locked in. I'll lock in. All right, Andy's in. All right, Neil, I'm looking for six African countries where the Kalahari Desert Basin touches. I think the more interesting question here is, can Neil get to six African countries? (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, the only... (laughs) See, I'm telling you, it's the it's the movie thing in me. Like immediately, I go, "What's the country that Kevin Bacon uh, was in 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 the air up there?" Um, (laughs) The basketball film from Disney. Um, So, uh, so yeah. Where's Operation Dumbo drop set? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, So, uh, I'm just gonna. I like how I have to talk out loud every time, and I'm just gonna sound like an idiot. I'm much smarter than this, as long as it's in movies. Um, So, uh, I'm gonna start uh, with South Africa. Uh, then I'm, I'm going to say Egypt. Uh, then I thought about Kenya. Uh, these last two, not too sure, or last three, I should say, uh, Zimbabwe. Um, I threw in the fictional Genovia from the Princess Diaries for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and for my last, last one... <laughs> And Anne Hathaway. Say Wakanda. Gotta... Say Wakanda. I, what I, was Sokovia from uh, the Avengers Two? Is that yeah. that one? Well, yes, sorry, yeah, that's that's true. But uh, I think it was AJ. I was, and my last one was Wakanda, which is also fictional from Black Panther. So, uh, yes, you, yes. you might have gotten one. I might have gotten one, but uh, you know, 
I want to give you points for Wakanda so bad. <laughs> it's somewhere in that zone. I also like how you named the southernmost and northernmost <laughs> countries in the nation or in the in the continent. It's a That's very large fabulous. basin, Jonathan. <laughs> okay. Um, Andy, over to you. Okay. So I was reasonably sure um, Botswana and South Africa. Um, and then I kind of went, you know, which way do I go? Um, I went over to Namibia. Then I'm like, do I include Lesotho and Swaziland? I decided not to. Instead, I went north from Namibia and went to Angola, kind of northeast from South Africa for Zimbabwe. And the other one in the area, I decided my sixth country was going to be Zambia. So my six countries are Botswana, South Africa, Namibia, Zimbabwe, Angola, and Zambia. And AJ, how did you do, my friend? Well, since uh, my 13-year-old son is not in the room with me, not very well, I don't think. Uh, he would have nailed this, and he'll, he will mock me mercilessly for not knowing the answers to this question. Uh, I tried a, a different area of the continent. I started with Sudan, moved to South Sudan, uh, across to Kenya and Ethiopia, and then I went with Cameroon, and just because I like saying it, the Gambia. I thought for sure that was going to be Djibouti. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's coastal. Come on. Yeah, well, hey. You can have coastal deserts. So is Ethiopia. Um, well, not really. They don't have a coastline, but it's funny. Eritrea and I think Somalia basically steal Ethiopia's coast. It's really interesting. Uh, okay, so, Neil, you got two of them right. Hey, that's South Africa and Zimbabwe are correct. It is in the northern part of South Africa and stretches around that area. So the correct answers are South Africa, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Namibia, Angola, and Zambia. Oh, my. Andy got all six for 20 points. Completed the list. (laughs) (laughs) He he freaking did. Oh, my God, dude. It's a different show, man. You got to pump the brakes a little bit. Oh, man, man, man. All right. And let's see. Going into the final question of the round. Guys, here's the scores. Andy has... 36. I'm glad these aren't cumulative. He's four points away from a perfect score at this point. Uh, Neil, you have 10 points for triviality. AJ, you have 14 points for Beat My Guest. Neil, you do have a shot here to overtake AJ and get those second place points. The category is presidents. Question comes to us from Josh Nelson. Thank you, Josh. There are four presidents who appear on U.S. currency larger than the $100 bill. For five points each, name these four presidents. Larger than the... These are U.S. presidents. Okay, and you said larger than the $100 bill? Larger than the $100 bill. Just make sure they're presidents. <laughs> yeah, not, not, well, I, I was going to say she's lump and say the presidents of the United States, but... <laughs> she is indeed lump. To be fair to Neil, I don't think I would have done very well in this round either. Even though U.S. Maybe presidents little, are kind of your thing? Maybe a little better. Yeah, Ken yeah but I don't have any money, though. <laughs> <laughs> I actually own U.S. currency larger than a $100 bill. Do you really? Yeah. Whoa. Humble brag. Wow. Can you really, right. like, own money, though, man? You, you, can own a f- you can own the 50% linen, 50% cotton bill. You certainly can. <laughs> 
I am locked. All right, AJ's in. But to be fair, I'm I'm a coin and currency collector, so so you you would know all four of these. I have three that I know of off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm trying to remember oh, for sure boy. the fourth. I think Jeff should have taken this round, but uh, I would have done surprisingly well. I think, but don't worry, I will do poorly later to make up for it. <laughs> That's an excellent strategy. Our strategy was to have Neil lock in last all the time, so he gets the most airtime. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like what happened is I asked the question, and the first question was movies, yeah. and we forgot to like have you name the person up first. You're like, well, it's movies. It might as well be Neil. <laughs> yeah, and for some reason, I was like, oh, per question, they always say the category on Triple Warfare. I'll just take movies, and we'll let someone else do the hard ones, and then I got stuck. So. <laughs> out of out of curiosity, while everybody's thinking, out of the four of you, who do you guys think is the best player? Oh. It depends on the category entirely. If we were playing one-on-one, in one, general. probably... Pro- if one-on-one, on one, I mean, I would probably lean... To- Jeff. Jeff knows a, a lot about... I honestly about a- would lean towards Ken. Well, Ken Ken is great at a lot of different I'm things. I'm a little bit more well-rounded, I would Ken, say. But- Ken and I have, I think, good knowledge bases, but Ken has one skill that I don't have, which is Ken is willing to convince himself that an answer is terrible, and I'm just like, nope, I'm good, and I just run <laughs> with it. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, okay, I am uh, locked in. All right. Andy, over to you. Okay. Well, um... Master of U.S. currency that you are. Yes, I am. (laughs) Being Canadian, I am struggling mightily on this one. So which president's Um, on the loony? (laughs) Okay, so um, I can't get that line out of the Simpsons from, um, I think it's the Mr. Plow episode where um, they're talking about the $10,000 bill and it's like... Which president's on it? All of them. They're having a party, and Jimmy Carter's passed out on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) So I am going to say Jimmy Carter as my first answer. My second answer, um, I'm for no reason whatsoever, I'm going to say Franklin Roosevelt. My third one, I feel like Woodrow Wilson might have been on one. Um, This is probably the most sure I am out of any of them. I'm going to say Woodrow Wilson. And my fourth one, I hope I don't have to actually match these against any of these specific denominations. You do not. Okay. Well, you know, I feel like John Adams probably doesn't get enough love. So I'm going to say John Adams as my fourth. All right. Neil, over to you, my friend. So... I didn't really have an idea. I was just kind of picking presidents that I thought might be on uh, on tender that were well known, I suppose. So um, I went first with Ulysses S. Grant. Pull on double duty. Pull on double duty, yeah. <laughs> um, I went uh, uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, I went with. Oh, you're a, you're a Roosevelt kind of guy, huh? Yeah. I'm a Roosevelt. Not a Roosevelt guy. Roose- Did I say Roosevelt? I don't know. Roosevelt. Yes. Oh yeah, because we have a road. We have a road. That's a Midwest. Right, yeah, yeah, right near my house. That we yeah go go on Roosevelt. Um, <laughs> um, and There's at two O's. I should go on Roosevelt and find out where my brain went. Um, <laughs> um, and my third one here is uh, John Quincy Adams, and then last is Madison. Okay. And AJ. This is going to be important for you, my friend. It is. It is. Let me just say, I'm on all the bills, the best of the bills. <laughs> I'm on every single big bill. No one has bigger bills than you gotta me. you got to do the, f- the finger thing. I do believe that nobody okay has signs. bigger bills than him. <laughs> yeah, those... I did not say him, however. Um, 
I I seem to recall uh, Wilson being on a big bill uh, back when uh, back when I was in my youth, and uh, there were bills more than a hundred dollar bill out there in the world that uh, sometimes cropped up in 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 the universe uh, in my line of sight in banks as they'd show them off and say, "Look at this great bill." Uh, so I went with Wilson. I went with Ronald Reagan, thinking that maybe he got uh, honorarily put on one of these giant bills. Well, uh, then I went with Roosevelt. Didn't specify. If you need me to be specify, I'll just go with whatever Triviality said. <laughs> Sorry, the correct answer is Roosevelt, not Roosevelt. You can only, you can only crib on Andy's show. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, last, I, I, I said, what the heck? This is a president who doesn't get enough play. I went Millard Fillmore. Mm. Mm. Gotta love some Millard Fillmore. All right, guys. So I'm telling you, this is a tight finish here. On the $500 bill, we have William McKinley. On the $1,000 bill, we have Big Steve, Grover Cleveland. Big Steve! (laughs) Uh, uh, On the $5,000 bill, we have James Madison. And on the $100,000 bill, which is not actually a dollar bill, it's a federal note that's like a gold note that banks use to uh, trade money back and forth with, Woodrow Wilson. As a result, Andy got one right. Neil got one right. And Neil took a brief lead of 15 to 14 until AJ said Woodrow Wilson as well to finish with 19 points. So Andy finishes with 61. AJ finishes with 19. Neil finishes with 15. I would have argued. I would have argued for half credit for Ronald Reagan because he played Grover Cleveland Alexander in a movie. <laughs> so, uh, Andy, you are the winner of the Trivial Warfare round. You get seven points. AJ, you finish with nineteen points. You get second place. You get four points. Neil, unfortunately, with fifteen points, you fell in third and earned zero points for Team Triviality. That's okay. We're better question writers than answerers. So, <laughs> That's true. Uh, so That's we'll true. get ready for the final round. In fact, a lot of our uh, iTunes feedback is these guys really can write good questions. I don't know why they can't get anything right though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, well, it was that's amazing. It was strategic on my part. I wanted to end with fifteen points because that was the age that I had frosted tips that you can see on my Instagram. So, <laughs> which is a fantastic. This is all part picture, of this. By the way, this is all part so of. So, if strategy. you think well, Trivial Warfare's questions were hard in this game, guess whose turn it is now. <laughs> it is time for a little beat my guest action. AJ, I'm turning it over to you for round two, and I will join the game now as a player. Okay, well, I certainly can't get any wrong this round, so... <laughs> so who is, before we go further, Triviality, who is your player? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, myself, Ken. <laughs> Ken is representing Triviality. And AJ, you'll need to keep score for your round. Absolutely. All right, guys, so uh, normally on Beat My Guest, I have one player in the hot seat, and I have four rounds of four questions each. Uh, before each question is read, uh, you get to wager how many points uh, you would like each question to be worth. Uh, we're going to do it a little bit differently because, obviously, I'm not going to be having four rounds of questions here. With just one round of questions, I'm going to have five questions in the round plus a uh, kind of halftime bonus question to wrap it up to allow people to catch up. Questions for this round will be worth one, two, three, four, and five. So before each question... Uh, is red, you will lock in either one, two, three, four, or five points. You can only use each value once. 
And that's how we're going to determine uh, what each question is going to be worth to you. It'll be individualized. I will now read you the five categories we'll be using in this round. So you can write these down, get a little thought, and uh, then I will uh, ask you for your point values for the first question, and then we will proceed. So categories for this very special uh, Beat My Guest round. We're going to start things off with sports. Move along to geography. Followed up with television. Our fourth category will be words, words, words. And we're going to finish off this round with science. So those will be our... Science! Yes, thank you. Those will be our five categories. Then I will have a halftime bonus at the end for catch-up purposes. But sports, uh, how much do you wish this to be worth, Jonathan? Oh, man. I'm scared to go big on the first question. But out of all these categories... Sports is my best, so I'm going to go five. Five. Andy? I also have a rule where I very I do not go big on the first question. And also, your sports questions are really hard, AJ. <laughs> um, like, even, you know, hard, even harder than, you know... Mine. Most of your other categories. <laughs> and he's, the questions are like, whose screams did I hear walking down the hallway at Chase Stadium? <laughs> So I'm going to go with four here. Four. And Team Triviality. Uh, big one. One point. Excellent. All right. This is why the game works so well, because you can choose your own point values and tailor it to your specialties. Here is your sports question. Good luck, everybody. And here we go. In 2006, this NFL Hall of Famer set the record for the most touchdowns in a season by a non-quarterback with 31 Though it should be noted, he did throw two touchdown passes as well that season. Who is this former frog? I am locked in, AJ. I'm locked in. I am, I'm so mad I didn't go for five. I'm bad at this, so I just locked in with a guess. Yeah, since you're all locked in, even though Tim Reality was the last to lock in, Jonathan, why don't you do some talking because I'm tired of hearing from them. <laughs> well, so I think this player was a... TCU Horned Frog uh, would have been a member of the San Diego Chargers during the Drew Brees era 2006. In fact, I think drafted in the first round the year Brees was drafted in the second. I went Ladanian Tomlinson. Andy. Well, 2006 was a year where I had um, a large number of fantasy football teams, and I have a trophy sitting somewhere from a 2006 championship because I had Ladanian Tomlinson on my fantasy team that year, so, or at least in the league that I won. So my answer is Ladanian Tomlinson. And Team Triviality. Wow, uh, you guys sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just went with a person who I know is a person who existed in 2006, <laughs> and I went with Devin Hester. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> is this a really bad guess, man? Yes, that is a very bad Why? guess. It's a person. <laughs> he what? scored some touchdowns. He is ridiculous, but he did not score that much that season. All right, all answers are in, and... Uh, Yes, this is a player who played for the Chargers at one time. Actually uh, played his last two seasons for the Jets, but signed a one-day contract to once again retire as a San Diego Charger. Uh, we are talking about the former TCU Horned Frog member of the College Football and Professional Hall of Fame, LaDainian Tomlinson. Five points for Jonathan, right. four points for Andy, no points for Team Triviality, but it was just a one-point question, so fear not, plenty more opportunities to come. Well keep, done. Keep the streak going. 
<laughs> Man, that's a strong start. I feel really freaking good about that. <laughs> well, let's keep it going. Uh, the next category is geography. We'll again go Jonathan, Andy, and then triviality for the point values. Jonathan. So people tell me that I'm better at geography than I feel. I don't feel super strong. I'm going to go three, though. Three. Andy. I'm going to put up the five. Five. And team triviality. Sticking with two. Two. I sense a theme. <laughs> All right, here is your geography question. Though teeming with birds, there are no frogs nor reptiles on this biosphere reserve south of the Beagle Channel, named for the spot where the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans meet. What is its name? Man, man, man. Glad I went three and not four. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know where to start. The on this closest one. thing I have is Biodome with Pauly Shore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna lock in. Uh, of course you are. Damn it. Andy is locked in. Okay, I'm in. Jonathan, you can talk it out. All right. So I mean the clues are in the question. I just can't figure them out. You you say teaming with birds, which is an an unnecessary thing to say. You say there's no frogs or reptiles. Also an unnecessary thing to say. So those are clues, obviously. That means the answer should have something to do with those statements. Uh, It's named for the place where the Atlantic and the Pacific meet. The Atlantic and the Pacific meet. Wait a minute. Uh, Read the question one more time, please. (laughs) See, this is why Jonathan takes so long, but it's good. It's good. Uh, Though teeming with birds... There are no frogs nor reptiles on this biosphere reserve located south of the Beagle Channel and named for the spot where the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans meet. For a second there, I thought it might be something to do with Panama because the Atlantic and Pacific meet at the Panama Canal. Uh, But that should not be true because that would not be south of the Beagle Channel. South of the Beagle Channel, I don't know where the Beagle Channel is, but the only other place where those two oceans meet is south of Argentina and Chile uh, at the tip of South America. So I assume the Beagle Channel is the one that goes past the Cape down there, a Cape of Good Hope, I think, something like that. And so that doesn't help me, though, because it doesn't help me with the clues there. The clues about no reptiles or frogs means it's going to be some kind of island named after reptiles or frogs. Uh, and there's plenty of birds there. I thought maybe the Komodo Islands, possibly, uh, because I know they have dragons, but I would think that they would have things to eat there, like frogs and lizards. In fact, reptiles. A Komodo is a reptile, so it's not that. That's all I know. I'm going to go with something that might not even be in the area and say Tierra del Fuego. Tierra del Fuego. Uh, let's go with Team Triviality. Boy, did I have no idea. Um, <laughs> a lot of the things you were saying in there just kind of kept bringing me back to uh, Charles Darwin, the mention of Beagle, the mention of uh, lots of birds, because I know he worked heavily with uh, sparrows, I believe, or finches. Um, finches. Um, and I just couldn't get off the Galapagos, even though I know there's a Galapagos tortoise, but... I went with Galapagos Island. Galapagos and Andy. I started feeling a lot better about my answer when I realized, um, as Jonathan was talking it out, that I um, that my answer actually fit a clue. Um, the spot where the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean meet is a place known as Cape Horn. Horn. See, I thought that was Africa. Of course, Ladanian Tomlinson, being a TCU horned frog. 
would be the tie-in to the previous question. So I said Cape Horn. Cape Horn is your answer. Uh, Tierra del Fuego was there, and uh, Galapagos Islands. One of you is correct. Guess who? <laughs> <laughs> Judging from the looks on your faces, I think you all know who that is. Yes, indeed. Uh, we're talking South America, and we are talking Cape Horn. Oh, man, I'm so bitter. Five points for um, Andy. Cape of Good Hope is where... Is Africa? Um, yeah, that's Africa. I mixed them up. I thought I was thinking Horn of Africa, and I got Cape Horn at the tip of Africa, not the tip of South America, so I didn't even consider it, and now I'm so bitter. <laughs> well, that's okay. We still have quite a bit left in this round, so plenty more opportunity for everyone to embarrass themselves. I mean, for Andy to get them all right. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on to television. How many points? Jonathan. I'm scared to death. I'm going to go, your word questions are always smarter than I am. I'm going to go four for TV. Four for TV. Andy. Um, I'm going to put up the one. One. And team triviality. And sticking with my theme of increasing point values, I'm going with three. That's incredible. That is the same combination I have on my matched luggage. <laughs> well, I don't want to tell people stealing that. any oxygen from you. Uh, I didn't know if you were going to go all the way to four and five, so I had to go with it then. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good luck, everybody. Here is your television question. She has worked steadily in voiceovers, including BoJack Horseman, Bratz, and something called... Kulapari, an army of frogs. I hear this actress is really hot in Cleveland, but please don't shoot me if you get her name wrong. Who is she? I think I know who you're talking about, and I don't know her name. Same here. I can picture her. It's one of two people, and I think it's the one that I don't know the name of. How unfortunate. <laughs> I, seriously, you would think... I don't know if the name I'm writing, the first name I'm writing, is one of the character names or the real name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and lock in. Jonathan locked in. Okay, I'm in. All right, Andy, you can talk it out. I am going to um, take um, the bird hint and BoJack Horseman. And I'm at the, I'm in the middle of watching BoJack Horseman, actually, for the first time through. And I believe at the point I'm at, Bojack, is, spoiler alert, is um, dating an owl who's been in a coma for a while. Um, and I believe she is voiced by Lisa Kudrow. So that will be my answer, Lisa Kudrow. All right. Lisa Kudrow, Team Triviality. Uh, like I said, the, the first name I couldn't place if it was the character's name from Just Shoot Me or her actual name. Uh, and I had no last name reference. So I just went with Nina Stevens. Nina Stevens. All right. I think Nina is her character. I think name. I think you're right. I so I ended up in the same space, right? Um Hot in Cleveland is the Betty White vehicle. Um and it wasn't Betty White. And there are two prominent female characters in Just Shoot Me. And one of them is the lady who I think it is, whose first name was likely to be Nina in Just Shoot Me. The other was I the last name I remember her from the Stephen King made-for-TV movie, The Stand. I think the last name is Giacomo, and so I wrote down and locked in Giacomo, uh, but I think it is the other lady. 
All right. Uh, so those are your answers. Well, um, there was a lot of correctness going on there <laughs> and a lot of wrongness. Uh, <laughs> indeed, uh, Nina is the character that this person played on mm. Just Shoot Me. Uh, hot is that Cleveland worth points? White. No. <laughs> Half credit. <laughs> I, think, I think two people in this studio happen to know the answer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Nina, Nina Van Horn... Uh, as it turns out, which, by the way, unintentional. Didn't even realize that was That's the pretty great. From the That's great. <laughs> it's amazing That's the awesome. serendipity sometimes uh, with this. Uh, Jonathan, you were thinking of Laura San Giacomo. San Giacomo, yes. Okay. Which is. So I, I got named a person in one of the shows. Yes, absolutely. Not the correct Can I get a point here? for that? <laughs> no, no, okay. Uh, this is an actress by the name of Wendy Malik. I know who she is, okay. but I never knew her name. Never once. There you go. There you go. Oh, four points down the tubes. I tell you, sometimes I impress myself with these links. <laughs> that was pretty good. See, the, the, the scary thing for me right now is that Ken can win like on the next two. He could jump me on the next two. Indeed. Indeed. Well, let Hopefully. us see how you're going to wager on these two. Uh, words, words, words. I'm going two for words. Andy, two or three? I'll go three. three. And will that be four for Triviality? That would be four. Excellent. I see through your clever ruse. (laughs) That's so clever, apparently. All right. Words, words, words. What is the term for a structure often found in rural areas that provides a passage through or over a fence for people while simultaneously blocking access to farm animals? Presumably, frogs will be able to keep moving. It's funny... I'm aware of something that's kind of the opposite of this. Nice. Where they, it's like a like a structure they built to let wildlife pass, like overpasses and highways and stuff. It's the Webway People Mover from Epcot. In the future. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm locked in with my wrong answer. <laughs> you read my mind. Me too. All right, Andy, talk it out. Oh boy. I have no idea on this one. The best thing I can come up with, I th- and I even think it's a French term. I know that there's a there's a town in Quebec called Saint Louis de Haha, and Haha <laughs> is a term for um, a specific type of, I guess, fence that from one direction you can actually tell there's a wall, but from the other you can't. And so, my answer here is going to be ha 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 ha. Triviality. Just going with uh, hop along, pass along, and Jonathan. Did you say pass along or hop along? Hop along. Oh, hop along. I think it's pass along. So let's say it's a gate for frogs. <laughs> it's uh, it's Cassidy's old uh, walkway. Uh, so my ex-wife used to call every overpass a viaduct. I don't know why, but I said viaduct. Viaduct. Uh, would you believe it's called a teehee? It's not, no. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would believe that. Uh, the correct answer for a structure often found in rural areas that people can go through or over a fence with, but uh, the livestock or other farm animals cannot, they are called styles. Like a turnstile. Like a turnstile. Styles. Styles. Huh. I'm not, I'm not familiar with it. Okay. They are actually uh, legally mandated in certain parts of the UK, but they are also popular here in uh, the United States. Until you get a really clever animal 
passing through those, then you're in trouble. Indeed, indeed. All right, we have our last uh, question before the bonus, and uh, the point values are locked in. Jonathan will be working on one, Andy will be working on two, and Team Triviality working on five. It is science. Can I need science. you to miss this, brother? Science, I need you to miss this. Here. Oh, he'll still have a chance, though. Uh, here is your science. So. <laughs> the Wong Baker scale is used by doctors to help them rate what during a patient examination. It may come in handy, especially when dealing with a patient who has a frog in his or her throat. I knew that was a frog coming in there. <laughs> okay, I'm in. I'm going to lock in. Was that a Can double lock in? in? Wow. I'm, I'm in too. <laughs> All right. So I'm thinking about physical examinations. You're dealing with... Something that has to do with your throat. So eating or breathing. And you don't you wouldn't think eating has anything to do with it. So I am thinking that it has to do with the quality of the of the person's airway or the the uh, the amount of breath that they can take in. I know so doctors will put the stethoscope on your back and they'll tell you to take a deep breath, right? So uh, I think I'm going to say it has to they're, that they're trying to measure the uh, quality of the patient's uh, breathing. Okay. Uh, let's move along to team triviality. Um, I, I was kind of in that area too, thinking about like the clearance of airways or something like that. And I just kind of thought about different uh, examinations that are done during a doctor's visit uh, typically. And I ended up with reflex. All right. And Andy. I didn't go in either of that direction uh, or either direction there. Um, and he's like, when I went to medical school, <laughs> what we learned. <laughs> well, Andy didn't go to medical school, but um, I have had a few doc. No, it's like um, the way I took it, took this, if you have a frog in your throat, you can't talk. And one thing that um, doctors like to know about your symptoms, as far as I have always experienced at the doctor, is how much does this hurt? My guess um, is something that it's a thing that they, um, sort of a diagram uh, that a patient would point to, to determine how much something hurts. So I'm going to say it measures how much something hurts. How much something hurts. We're going to be measuring ourselves on the Wong Baker scale after this round if, is over. If Andy's right on this one, it's pretty clear that like he just like thinks things through better than the rest of us. Well, I agree. Um, the Wong Baker scale is used by doctors of all stripes, but primarily uh, by pediatricians because uh, their patients don't really use their words very well, and. It is a series of smiley faces that suddenly become neutral faces that go into crying faces. And uh, the doctor asks the patient to point to the faces and tell him how much it hurts. Pain wow. is the correct answer. Two points wow. for Andy. I Andy! I always thought on those scales the uh, the top smiley face wasn't nearly anguished enough. And like probably <laughs> probably five would be my default face. <laughs> so after the five <sighs> questions, Andy, God, Andy uh, has eleven points. Jonathan has five points. No points for Team Triviality, but Ow. 
There is <laughs> there is a catch up question here. A bonus catch up question. Here's how it is going to work. I'm damn, going to, damn, damn. This is going to be a partial credit question. I am going to read the question to you. You can write down uh, as many of the uh, requested answers, and you will get two points for each correct answer, which will give you a chance to catch up. Now, normally uh, on, on Beat My Guest, as I said, there is usually a hidden theme uh, in the rounds. There was a hidden theme through those five questions. Uh, if you look back at the answers, we had uh, Tomlinson, we had Malik, we had Horn, we had Styles, we had Payne. Those are the last names of the gentleman one in One Direction. And Andy said One Direction twice during that round. I figured it out at Styles, but I didn't know any of their names other than Styles, so it wouldn't have helped me at all. So, in honor of that theme, here is your bonus question. The band One Direction has had six songs reach the top ten on the Billboard Hot 100 charts, and another four ditties from solo releases to also reach that top ten. For two points each, name any five of these ten songs. I hate you, AJ. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, this, but I knew this that couldn't, this could, this each, couldn't be worse for me. <laughs> <laughs> me either, dude. Yeah, me and Matt are the boy band guys, so... If you listen to our podcast, you would know that I'm kind of like resentful over this kind of music. <laughs> and I don't just don't listen to it or dislike it. I'm resentful. And I was always more of a Jonas Brothers guy myself. So. <laughs> All right. What was that? Here's that explains the Nick tattoo on your back. Okay. I'm done. Like, I, wrote, I, wrote, I wrote one answer and I'm done. He wrote Johnson, 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 and Johnson. Right, let, me, yeah, let, me, let me make some wild, wild guesses. I have written down one song that is wrong and four songs that I've made up, and I am locked in. <laughs> Excellent. Actually, that's five songs that are wrong, technically. <laughs> okay, I'm done. No, All right, so, done. Andy, you're the winner. Okay. Who gets to talk it out? I think I was, about, I was actually just about to lock in. Um, I have one question. Do duets count? As in, if uh, so, if somebody um, has a duet with another person, would that count? Yes, that duet counts. Okay, so in that case, I think I'm going to lock in with my five. Oh, um, what does this guy not know about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Andy, you guys should go listen to the baseball bonus that we did. Andy is insanely good. <laughs> I, I've had enough friends who have who are obsessed enough with One Direction that I had to listen to enough of their stuff to at least be able to answer this. So the three that I have from the group itself, I believe their first song was called What Makes You Beautiful. Um, they had a, I think they had a couple of others. Um, my, my next two answers, uh, Live Like We're Young and Best Song Ever. Oh, which I've heard really of that. Isn't, uh-huh. Which I don't, probably not the best song ever, but I digress. Um, and then I've my last two are a couple of Zane singles, Pillow Talk, and his uh, duet with Taylor Swift, I Don't Want to Live Forever. I don't either after this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so who wants to go next? Oh, me, please. <laughs> oh. All right. My number one answer was, that's what makes you beautiful. Who could forget the classic hit "Ponytails Are Cool"? That might have been that might have been a Zane 
uh, <laughs> solo joint. Um, uh, Harry Styles pork pie hat, classic. <laughs> Uh, then we're moving along to their uh, epic cover of Bohemian Rhapsody. And finally, the uh, 60s Batman TV theme song. <laughs> I want these things to be made right now. Especially Pork Pie Hat. That's got gold written all over it. I imagine it sounds quite a bit like Raspberry Beret. <laughs> that, that's a duet with Jason Mraz, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> For real. <laughs> All right, and my five wrong answers. Uh, I said Cake by the Ocean, hoping one of them joined DNCE. Uh, then I made up Love, Girl, I'm Yours, and On the Edge. Way to hedge your bats, man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, let's see here. Um, as a group, they had six uh, songs, including the following. Uh, at number 10 was Perfect. At number six... The Story of My Life. I've heard of that. I've heard of That's that. That's a social D song. Yeah. At number four, What Makes You Beautiful. So two points to two teams there. Very good. Yay. Uh, <laughs> at number three, Drag Me Down. Also at number three, I cannot give you the points, Andy. It is Live While We're Young. While oh. We're Young. And you don't need the points anyway. Uh, and <laughs> at number two, the best song ever. That's on a weird Al Polka, and I didn't know that was them. Then the four, the four uh, solos, uh, we have a song called uh, Strip That Down. We have a song called Sign of the Times. Not Sign O the Times, but Sign of the Times. We have Pillow Talk and a duet with T-Swizzle. I don't want to live forever. So Andy gets eight points. Triviality gets two points. Nothing for Jonathan. The final score for the Beat My Guest round. Andy, he'll get the seven for first place. Jonathan will get the four for second place. And Team Triviality, so close, but only needed two more One Direction songs. Zero. (laughs) Mathematically eliminated. All right. Oh, man. Okay. We've gotten through the tough rounds. Now it's time. <laughs> All right. So the next show to give questions will be the Triviality Podcast. Who is? Are you going to alternate the questions, or how do you all want to do that? Yeah, we have uh, one each, and then uh, I think we're going to do a special swing round yeah, like we do on our show. Yep. Sweet. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to – we usually do uh, 10 questions per round, uh, two rounds, but we're going to cut it down to uh, four questions and then a swing round for and you this guys. This is kind of an homage to our, our game of death. We're each going to have a specialty. Normally, the competitor faces us, but the competitor will be giving the questions this time. All right. Before we go on to the next round, I want to let you know that today's show is sponsored by Hems. That's right, fellas. Hems is a brand that you need to know about. I'm looking at the stats, guys. 66% of men are losing their hair by the age of 35. All right, raise your hand if you're 35. No, except for you, not no. If you're driving, you keep your hands on the wheel. Let's be safe, all right? Uh, But you can just kind of nod your head, right? Yeah, okay, 35. Or even before 35, you're coming up on that number, right? And the irritating thing about hair loss is that when you see it, it's gone. It's too late. 
before you see it missing, before you see it disappearing, before you see your hairline start to fade, before you start seeing the bald spot, you don't know there's a problem. And then boom, one day it's a problem. That's where HEMS comes in. HEMS exists to do something about it first. 4HEMS.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Here's how it works. 4HEMS.com will connect you with real doctors. They will ask you a series of questions to determine if you're right for the product, and then will prescribe medical-grade solutions to prevent hair loss. We're not talking about snake oil or BS, guys. This is no muss, no fuss. You avoid going to the doctor. You avoid all the details. You go online. You get it done. And they ship the prescription to your door. Now, you might be like me and say, hey, I've shaved my head before. I'm I'm all right shaving my head. And I've always believed it. But the women in my life, they all think I'm stupid. Every woman who's ever seen me with a shaved head is like, yeah, okay, that's fine. You look better with hair. That's the real world, guys. You look better with hair. So let's work on keeping it. Listeners of Trivial Warfare can get a trial month of hymns for just five bucks right now while supplies last. Just go to the website to see the details. This is worth hundreds of dollars if you go to the doctor or the pharmacy. Just go to fourhems.com slash trivial. That's four hems, F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash trivial in order to check this out. Fourhems.com slash trivial is where you need to go. All right, let's get going with the next round of the game. And the best part is we can't right. lose this round because we're hosting. <laughs> we're already eliminated. But you're still going to get zero points for this round, so the trend will continue. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, I think one of, one of us needs that seven on this round if we can get it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, we are ready to take over here. How we're going to do this is we're going to do uh, two questions, 10 points each. And then we're going to do a special swing round. Uh, each uh, item will be worth five points apiece. And then we're going to do two more questions of 10 points apiece. So we're kind of going to break up our round that way. And I'm going to kick it off with uh, this question. Runting is the name of a sword wielded by the hero, albeit to disappointing results, in what piece of literary fiction? And that's runting, R-U-N-T-I-N-G? It's got an H in front of that. H R. U-N-T-I-N-G. Hrunting. I locked. I'm locked in. Hrunting. It sounds Norse, or at least Scandinavian, because of the HR. Uh, And I'm not familiar with it off the top, uh, but I've never read Beowulf, and that seems to fit the feeling of the whole thing, so I'm going to go with Beowulf. Okay, Jonathan with Beowulf. Andy? Well, um, I, I'm familiar with Beowulf, and um, really, for me, it was a what else could it be, especially with the HR spelling in front, so I also said Beowulf. And AJ? Uh, indeed, uh, the only thing I could think of with a sword uh, was Beowulf, so that is what I went with. Yep, these guys are pretty smart. You guys are all correct. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> right. for, they got it faster than I did, and I started stressing about it. I'm like, but the H helped, but I was like, oh my God, what the hell is that? <laughs> and according to uh, Jonathan's rules, HR Puffin stuff is also Scandinavian. So. <laughs> <laughs> Darn right. And Pat, they make the best Scandinavian 
popcorn? What what does puff and stuff make? I have no idea. I don't know. That's a good question. Puff he and makes, stuff. Ma- yeah, puff and stuff. Yeah, thanks, Matt. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Passing okay. off to Matt for the second question and then the swing round. All right. Question two. And I'd be remiss if we didn't ask a semi-wrestling related question. Um, so possibly inspired by the team's legacy of being involved in wrestling with players such as William Perry and Mongo McMichael, this future NFL Hall of Famer made his wrestling debut with TNA Impact in 2004, throwing Survivor cast member Johnny Fairplay out of the ring after an altercation. And by future Hall of Famer, you mean future after 2004? Correct. Holy moly, that's hard. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be hard. I should know this. We got him. <laughs> <laughs> you so got me. You so got me. I like wrestling. I'm yeah. not a TNA guy at all, though. At all. I've never seen a single show. Yeah. Most people haven't. That's <laughs> They're not doing so great. So. <laughs> I'm going to lock in. All right, Andy's in. Andy's in. All right, I'm in. All right, AJ locked in. Jonathan, feel free to talk I it out. see the trend here. <laughs> okay, so... We're talking about bears, and I don't know if we're talking about bears that were playing actively in 2004 or playing before that. More importantly for me, we're talking about bears during the era where they were terrible. No, they weren't terrible, though, because 2006, they went to the they went to the Super Bowl against Indianapolis, I think. I don't, I don't think they then, did. So. No, they were still I terrible. I don't remember that. <laughs> no, no, I do remember that. I do remember that. And because Lovey Smith lost to Tony Dungy around then, so. I thought the game ended after the Hester return. They just called it off. <laughs> That's how I remember. So, <laughs> Bears got uh, they got you guys who don't weather know, delayed, and uh, we, the Indianapolis Colts played a seven on seven with themselves. <laughs> we, we have a room full of Bears fans over there, uh, Chicago natives. Well, actually, are you natives? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, I mean, the 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 person who's like. The most likely seems to be Erlacher. I think he's technically not inducted yet, but he has been voted in. He just hasn't had the induction yet, so I don't know if that would count as future Hall of Famer. He's the one I'm leaning towards. He would have been, he was definitely active during the run where they went to the Super Bowl two years later. I'm trying to think of other people on that team, though, and for goodness sakes, that's a struggle. I think there's an offensive lineman named Garza. I... God, who were the running backs? Who was the quarterback? Uh, <laughs> what happened? This was, the, this was the... Rex is our quarterback. This, <laughs> these were like right after the Danny Werfel kind of times. There was, there was some bad quarterback. Some Henry Burris in there. <laughs> I'm struggling so bad to try and think of Bears right now, so I'm going to end the pain, and I'm going to go with Brian Urlacher. Okay, locked in with Brian Urlacher. Uh AJ? Well, that sounds like a good answer, actually, there, uh, Jonathan. I, I wish I had thought of that. Um, you know, it, my thought was, uh, you know, Johnny Fairplay, not exactly the toughest guy in the world. Uh, he's he's also in a fantasy football league with me, and uh, I, I, I participate against him every year and usually win. Well, that's so. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Name dropper. I, yeah, whoa, what was that? Pick it up. Before. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't take much to knock him out of the ring. So, if you know, for all I know, it could have been a kicker, but... Uh, I went with an older player uh, from from that same era of uh, of the uh, Super Bowl Shuffle crew, and I went with Richard Dent. I thought about Richard Dent too, dude. Right. I really locking did. in with Richard Dent. Uh, let's go to Andy. 
So basically, the only bear I could think of that, you know, would be Hall of Fame caliber of that general area era, I stuck with the mid-2000s Bears era, and I went for Brian Erlacher. All right. And the answer is Brian Erlacher. Yes! <laughs> well done, Jonathan. Oh, well done, Andy. <laughs> Although I really wish it would have been Robbie Gould or one of the kickers. Uh, <laughs> See, really when, when, when AJ went for kicker, I thought he was going to answer Robbie Gould. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think Matt was going to say the formerly bald Brian Erlacher. Yeah. Bald. yeah. Now he's got a full head of hair. Yeah, because here in Chicago, there's a bunch of billboards everywhere that he has hair now because he used a, <laughs> a, 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 a special service. So seriously, who was the quarterback for that Bears team, guys? Rex Grossman. I'm Rex Grossman. Yeah. Rex Grossman. Grossman. Oh yeah. my God. How did you do that? Yeah. Well, that, he, we, that defense we didn't. was incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was just hand off the ball and don't lose it, Rex. Yeah, it was a lot of Thomas Jones and Cedric Benson. Yeah, Rex liked to throw it into like triple coverage as often as he saw it. So <laughs> Thomas Jones and Cedric Benson. <laughs> No wonder, no wonder I couldn't remember the quarterback or the running back. You can't remember, oh we God. try to forget. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move into the swing round. Um, so this game is going to work. It's called It's an Artist, But It's a Movie. Uh, the way it's work is I will name a song title, um, and then I will give you a little bit of uh, a clue towards the movie. So it's kind of a music movie before and after um, I'll give you a, like a sample one really quick. Um, it's Royals, but in this fantasy, she lives in Middle Earth. Uh, wait, so do you want the so you want the person it's describing? Yes, and then so like the musical Kalindra artist or whatever and then her the, name is. So yeah, connected example, to the movie. That would be Lord of the Rings with an E on the end of Lord. That is correct. Oh, yeah. So it's a music before and after. Okay. Holy moly. So I'm bad with wordplay, guys. AJ, this is your <laughs> chance, the brother. the guy who got Steve Carlton Fisk in 15 seconds. <laughs> it was less than 15 seconds, but okay. It's pretty good. <laughs> All right. So you guys ready for the first one? No, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Perfect. All right. It's Bodak Yellow, but every time she says money moves, it gets faster. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's Bodak what? Yellow. But every time she Bodak. says Bodak, B-O-D-A-K. It's a very bad but popular song. That's the name of the song? It's Bodak Yellow? The name of the song is Bodak Yellow. Okay. So it's Bodak Yellow, but every time she says money moves, it gets faster. <laughs> I love that you wrote this question. <laughs> Nobody else seems to. <laughs> so every time she, she says what, it gets Mo faster? Money moves. It's a lyric in the song. Um, for money, money moves. Should mm -hmm. we provide a point of clarification? Yeah. Just that, so it's not a direct movie reference. It's more of a pop culture reference about the movie. In this case. In this specific example, yeah. Have you guys heard of this song? Shoot, no. Bodak <laughs> Yellow. <laughs> no way. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Okay. The kids um, love it. I'm locking in because I, I I can't come up with anything better. Okay, Andy's locked in, and I'm going to lock in a completely wrong answer that doesn't even fit the theme of the round. Perfect. So I'm locked in. AJ, talk oh goody! It out. All right, I've heard the name of the song, but I don't really pay attention to pop music these days. So are you sure it's not Bodak Horseman? Because I've heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> doesn't listen to pop music says the man who did a one direction final round <laughs> <laughs> burn <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not getting this movie reference at all um uh, I'll, I'll go with with um cardi baby driver okay <laughs> all right locked in with whatever that was <laughs> cardi baby driver gotcha uh, Andy. He gets the spirit of the thing. Yeah. Um, well, Bodak Yellow, I believe is Cardi B, so I think at least AJ's got that part of it right. Um, Damn. I mean, for all I know, he could have the other part of it right, too. But, I mean, in terms of going faster, the best I could do was turning Cardi B into Cardi Speed. And so that's my answer. Okay. And Jonathan. I, uh, I had no idea about any of it at all. <laughs> So I was fighting between the fame money monster and Lady Radio Gaga and with Lady Radio Gaga. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, it is Cardi B, um, and there's a very popular meme of this movie where every time they say the word B, it gets faster. Uh, the answer is Cardi B movie. Oh, <laughs> B movie. It's it's a long it's a long standing internet joke about B movie. Uh, the, Jerry, a, a whole... the Jerry Seinfeld movie. Where he's a bee. Gotcha. It's a whole gold mine for uh, for memes right now. Let's hope for better on this next one. <laughs> Boy, I'm, pray- I'm praying for something Can't do worse in my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's on bended knee, but they may not remember how they got there after running into these government officials. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. I'm locking in with boys to men in black. Okay. And AJ? Ditto. And Andy? We have three boys, two men in black. All right, and that is correct. So we got there. It just We got back to the 90s, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I can play 90s trivia. All right, and the last one. Because I'm a generic white guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the last one. It's September, but Drew Barrymore keeps it warm until October. I've, I'm locked in. I am right. locked in as well. All right, Andy? Feel free to talk it out. Mm-hmm. This is, um, movies are a weak point of mine. Um, <laughs> we found it! <laughs> it's just all movie By questions weak now. point, he only means he's a lot better than the average <laughs> Joe. That doesn't mean he's bad. Okay, so I believe September would be Earth, Wind, and Fire. So, um... Now to come up with a Drew Barrymore movie that starts with fire. Um, I am going to say Earth, Wind, and Fireplace for absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> okay. Uh, locked in. <laughs> the air went back into the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, AJ, what did you say? Well, uh, Andy, you were looking for a, a Drew Barrymore movie that starts with fire, and it ends with starter... Earth, Wind, and Firestarter. Right, and Jonathan. I also said Earth, Wind, and Firestarter. That is correct. I am the Firestarter. <laughs> All right. <A> prodigy. <laughs> Points for AJ and Jonathan there. And that will complete my swing round, which ended a lot better than it started. Nice. <laughs> uh, Preach. So let's, uh, <laughs> you want to move it over to, to Jeff and then myself. So we'll do questions three and four, and that'll complete our round. Sure. All right, Jeff, I'll take it. So uh, my specialty on the show tends to be uh, geography science. Um, so I went with a, a science question. 
Science. There you go. (laughs) All right. In fruit flies, much as in humans, rapid cell growth can be dangerous, even deadly. In fruit flies, this problem typically resides on one gene, sharing its name with a troublesome alien species appearing in Star Trek. You want the name of the alien species? Could I get the name of the alien species or the gene, since they are the one and the same? All right, I locked I locked in. All right. I'm going to lock in and take a risk. All right, Jonathan is locked, so that would leave Andy to feel free to talk it out. The best Star Wars alien thing I could come up with would be the Borg gene. So that's my answer, the Borg gene. The Borg gene? All right, what did you say, uh, AJ? Uh, I, I also uh, thought perhaps that uh, this was... Uh, Discovered in maybe Sweden, and uh, those Swedish scientists deciding to name it after their favorite tennis player, Bjorn Borg. <laughs> Bjorn Borg. <laughs> the Borg gene. Uh, Jonathan, well, you said you had a guess on this one. What did you think? All right. Well, I'd like to point out that Andy lies in the weeds on these questions. He has his answer already figured out. He just waits for us to lock in so he can say it. We, we see what you're doing there, dude. <laughs> Um, so I had it narrowed down. The main, the main troublesome races would be Klingon, Romulan, Ferengi, Q, and Borg. And Q sounded like the best name for a gene, except I know that's the character's name. I don't know if it's the race's name. All right, so I will. Uh, so I will. hold on. Okay, oh, go, go, go ahead. Hold Sorry, <laughs> I haven't answered yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm just talking. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, the answer that I went with because you, I, I ended up going fact based. You said it was based on cells that keep duplicating and replicating and so i went with borg because they must assimilate so i said borg ah so you're not looking for the assimilations um you you were onto something with the rapid cell growth and uh if you remember season two william shatner covered in a bunch of little furry guys they were quite troublesome tribbles it was the trouble with tribbles oh Ah. no are you telling me it wasn't the gene roddenberry that the gene roddenberry was uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I i did uh i did love uh, the stress i put on gene in that one just for for gene roddenberry but uh, no the trouble with tribbles uh named oh. did you happen to say did you say troublesome in the question i did oh no <laughs> well at least we didn't oh. have to keep up with the cardassian gene <laughs> oh wow wow so unfortunately, no, no points I on that the one. Clue in everything. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to take it over for our last question of the triviality round. Uh, you got a little geography, science, little sports, little uh, historic literature um, coming to me. You guys probably know what you're going to get uh, in a few different areas, and I'm going to stay away from science. So, um, <laughs> shot. Shot. so, uh, so this question, although entirely un- unscientific, is this. If you ask playwright composer Jonathan Larson, he would tell you that sunsets, cups of coffee, laughter, midnights, or strife are adequate measurements for what? Uh, I'm locked in. As am I. Oh, wow. Sunsets, cups of coffees, midnights? Uh, Sunsets, cups of coffee, midnights, strife, or laughter? Strife. I don't know who Larson is. The first three could be measurements of time, uh, measurements of living, measurements of... I don't know. I'm going to say measurements of of life. 
Um, okay, so I'm going to have uh, two acceptable answers here. Uh, so Jonathan went with uh, measurements of life. Um, can we go to AJ? That would be uh, Jonathan Larson, who uh, was responsible for Rent. So yeah, uh, I've never seen Rent. So well, uh, so five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred wrong answers. How do you <laughs> measure triviality? Uh, I said a year. Okay, uh, and let's go to Andy. I also said a year. So in the song, uh, they they do say, "How do you measure measure a year?" or "How do you measure a year in the life?" So those are the two answers: a year or year in the life. Uh, Jonathan, you said, "How do you measure?" Uh, it was time, correct? He said life, said life, but I think you have to have the year life. factor in the answer. Yeah, I think we would have gone with the the year, the year word in there uh, as it's in the lyrics. All right, that's a wrong answer for me. Then <laughs> it was very close, though, considering you didn't know anything I, about. Yeah, you that. were. Su- I thought you were going to get it. You were there, You were right there. I, I <laughs> you almost you almost Jonathan that one. <laughs> so uh, we're going to have our first tiebreaker. Uh, following our round. So Andy did squeak out a lead of 35 points over Jonathan and AJ, but Jonathan and AJ are going to have a tiebreaker for second place. Four points up for grabs, sir. (laughs) All right. Coming back to Ken for your tiebreaker question. What is the actual food related name of the famous feline personality known as grumpy cat, which has its roots as an internet meme? I'm locked in. That means I got to think about it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it might mean that. Yeah, I'm not going to pull this. I heard it at one point, so I know I, I, I knew it, and I heard it at one point, but it is not in my head at the moment, so um, waffles. <laughs> All right. We got, I love waffles, not a bad name for a cat. How about you, Jonathan? Uh, this is a bad name for a cat. His name is Tartar Sauce. <laughs> well, uh, another one of my favorite internet animals is named Tuna Fish. That's the dog with the overbite. This cat happens to be named Tartar Sauce. So Jonathan right. takes the uh, the second place. So you're saying Steven's name is Tuna Fish? Tuna Fish is the name of Steven. <laughs> 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 oh, and AJ walked away. He threw down his microphone. He left the room. All right, so that that's the end of the third of the four rounds. Jeff, you've been keeping score. What are our scores going into the fourth round? Sure. I think I know. Yep. Um, I have, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I have Andy has 21, and uh, both you and AJ have eight. No. Yes. No. no? No, AJ has four. I have eight. Oh, you're correct. That math doesn't check out. Uh, yeah. So uh, you have eight and he has four. Yep. And we have none. Andy maximized his possible Ooh. points because going into round four, Andy's going to be asking the questions. So he has cemented a space in the final. And uh, it's going to come down to Jonathan, AJ, and the guys from Triviality to see who fills the other two spots. I'm looking at this. No, Jonathan's locked in, too, yes. because yeah. Triviality's most possible points is seven here. So either Triviality can tie if they get four and AJ gets none, or they can win if they get seven and AJ gets none. But if AJ gets more than none, he'll be in the second or third spot. <laughs> yep. Sounds great. All right. <laughs> doesn't sound good, but <laughs> sounds acceptable. <laughs> and who is, the, uh, who is the player from Triviality this round? Jeff. Wants to do a list. You want me to do Jeff, it? Jeff is going to do it. 
All right, we're going to turn it over to Andy. Complete the list, round four. Okay, so normally my game, the players will play six categories, a halftime round in what year, and a final question. We're going to do a half game, so three categories and a halftime round. So we'll start with four categories to pick from. Each category is one question with many possible answers. A unique answer is worth two points. If you need to repeat or crib an answer an opponent has just given, you can do so for one point. However, you can only repeat an answer before I've ruled on its correctness. Each player will give four answers to each question, one at a time, and I'll rule once each player has given an answer. Each player also has one double, which will make that question worth double the points for that player only after three categories. Categories will play and in what year halftime round, and you are allowed to double halftime if you, if you wish. Halftime will come last, so if you haven't doubled one of the first three, halftime will be an automatic double. So, your categories you can pick from Push, Play Ball, Quiero Doble Esta Categoria, Eleven or More, and other gold medalists. Now, I ran through a random number generator before we started today, and so Jonathan will be in player number one spot, Jeff will be player number two, and AJ will be player number three. So, Jonathan, what category would you like to start? I am desperately hoping that none of you speak Spanish. No. Uh, (laughs) And I'm also really not loving these categories. There are two possible sports categories that both look like they're fake i'm gonna go for 11 or more 11 or more so here is your first question name any of the 12 most populous states in the united states each state has at least 11 representatives in the u.s house of representatives so jonathan first then jeff then aj you all have your doubles once again any of the 12 most populous states in the united states all right i'm gonna go ahead and double okay and i'm gonna go with uh, california okay jonathan opening california jeff uh i too will double and i'm going to go texas Texas, AJ. I will save my double, and I will go New York. And New York. We are three for three. California, number one. Texas, number two. New York, number four. Second time through. Go ahead, Jonathan. I'm going to go with um, Florida. Florida, Jeff. Uh, On the theme of going with your own state, I will go Illinois. Illinois, AJ. I will go Ohio. Ohio, we are six for six. Florida, three. Illinois, five. Ohio, sorry, Illinois, six. Ohio, seven. Third time through. Go ahead, Jonathan. I'm going to go with Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, Jeff. Uh, I'm going to go with Virginia. Virginia, AJ. North Carolina. North Carolina. We are nine for nine. Pennsylvania, Mm. five. North Carolina, nine. Virginia, 12. Final time through. Go ahead, Jonathan. I'm going to go with Arizona. Arizona. Jeff. I'm going to go Georgia. Georgia. AJ to finish. New Jersey. And New Jersey. So Georgia is number eight. New Jersey is number 11. Number 10 is Michigan. (sighs) Do you know what the other state I had written down at the bottom (laughs) was? 
Right there. <laughs> Michigan. And I didn't go with it. I went with Arizona because how big Phoenix is. So on the first question, Jeff picks up 16 points. Excellent use of your double. Jonathan 12, AJ 6, sorry, AJ 8. So Jeff 16, Jonathan 12, AJ 8. Uh, AJ still with his double. Jeff picks next. Jeff, you may pick from any of these three categories. Push, play, ball, Kiero Doble as to Categoria, and other gold medalists. Um, I would like to know uh, what that second category is. <laughs> I hate you, Jeff. Okay, Kiero Doble as to Categoria. Name a country that uses Spanish as an official language. Jeff first, then AJ, then Jonathan, and uh, AJ still has his double. Uh, starting with me, I will go Spain. Opening Spain, AJ. Mexico. Mexico, Jonathan. You took my best answers. I'd just like you to know. Uh, how many How many countries are there? I did not tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, it's worth asking anyway. Uh, I'm going to go with... Did, did you say main or official, official language? Official. Okay. I'm going to go with Cuba. And Cuba. We are three for three. Mexico, Spain, and Cuba are all correct. Second time through. Go ahead, Jeff. I will go Colombia. Colombia, AJ. El Salvador. El Salvador, Jonathan. I'm going to go with Chile. And Chile, we are six for six. Colombia, Chile, El Salvador are correct. Third time through, go ahead, Jeff. Venezuela. Venezuela, AJ. Nicaragua. Nicaragua, Jonathan. I will go Peru. And Peru, nine for nine. Venezuela, Peru, Nicaragua, all correct. Final time through, go ahead, Jeff. Um, I will say Ecuador. Ecuador, AJ. Guatemala. Guatemala, Jonathan to finish. Belize. And Belize. So, Ecuador is correct, Guatemala is correct. Unfortunately, the official language of Belize is English. Wow. I had on my list that I ignored, I had Andorra, Uruguay, and Paraguay, and I went with Belize because Latin America felt good. Hey, Jonathan, we need you to beat this guy. (laughs) Trust me, I'm trying. (laughs) So, your scores after two questions. Uh, Jeff has 24, Jonathan 18, AJ 16. AJ still needs to use his double. AJ, you've been perfect on two rounds. You didn't double either of them. Just pointing that out. <laughs> Guys, I'm trying to beat my guest. I promise. <laughs> I promise. So, AJ, you may pick from Push Play Ball or other gold medalists. Ooh, well, I will go with other gold medalists. Other gold medalists. I hate the Olympics. <laughs> That's what I was counting on. <laughs> I know you. Name a country. That has been the home country of a winner of the Nobel Prize in physics. They also receive a gold medal. Some laureates (laughs) may have had multiple home countries. Sarns! So, AJ goes first, then Jonathan, then Jeff. AJ still has his double. Yes, countries that have been the home country of a winner of the Nobel Prize in physics. I go first, and I can save my double for the uh, halftime bonus, though? No, you have to use it right now. No, he is allowed to double halftime if he wishes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Guess who's saving? <laughs> all right, so I will single this round. Uh, all right, the United States. Opening the United States, Jonathan. I will go with Germany. Germany, Jeff. Poland. 
and Poland. We are three for three. The United States, Germany, and Poland are all correct. AJ, second time through. Go ahead. Um, let's go with the hometown boys, Sweden. Sweden. Jonathan. France. France. Jeff. I'll say Denmark. Denmark. We are six for six. Sweden, France, and Denmark are all correct. Third time through. Go ahead, AJ. The UK. The United Kingdom. Jonathan. I'll go Switzerland. Switzerland. Jeff. I will say Russia. And Russia. We are nine for nine. The United Kingdom, Switzerland, and Russia slash Soviet Union (laughs) are all correct. Final time through. Go ahead, AJ. Norway. Norway. Jonathan. Italy. Italy. Jeff to finish. Ooh. I will say... I'm run, I'm running out of uh, Nobel Prize winning physicists here. Um. <laughs> oh, I didn't know any. <laughs> After Einstein, it's been straight guesses, brother. <laughs> oh no, no, uh, I should have saved Poland for last because uh, that was Marie Curie. I will guess Austria. And Austria. So we have finished twelve for twelve. Norway, Italy, wow. and Austria are all correct. By the way, as I was going through that, I realized I didn't give you the other answers to the the Spanish category. I wondered about that. Um, so, can we can we try? <laughs> um, try what? Not for any points. Fair enough. Uh, I know Argentina wasn't on the list. Yep. Jonathan already said Uruguay and Paraguay. Uh, Paraguay had not been given, but Ur- uh, neither it's neither Paraguay or Uruguay. Had no, been no. Given. He's he's saying that I named them after the fact, right. As possible right. answers, I didn't go with. Okay. Right. Yes. And Andorra, perhaps. Nope. No? Okay, that would have been wrong. Um, Morocco? Is that an official language? Just let nope. him read the list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. Okay, so Bolivia, Costa Rica, Equatorial Guinea, Honduras, and Panama were the others. Ooh. Oh, I have a friend who's a missionary in Panama. Why didn't I go with the low-hanging fruit? Is a, it's not an official language of the Philippines? I was I was curious about that. I know that there was a lot of Spanish influence there. As far as I can tell, it is not. Oh, okay. Just curious. Okay, so... What were the other answers on the Nobels? Yeah, the other Nobel answers. Australia, Belgium, Canada, uh, via Hong Kong, the People's Republic of China, um, Hungary, India, Ireland, Japan, the Netherlands, Pakistan, and Taiwan slash the Republic of China. Wow. So I'd like to point out, once again, AJ, you're doing wonderfully, but you're playing terribly. You've you've aced three straight rounds without using your double. And you've left your double for halftime. The halftime in what year's round? So in this round, you'll get eight events. No more than one per decade. For each event, you need to come up with what year the event took place. If you are within one year, you get one point. If you're within five years, you get half a point. And this will be an automatic double for AJ. What? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't see that coming. (laughs) I like the drama. Come on. Okay. Oh, by the way, your score is going into halftime. Jeff for triviality, has 32 points. Jonathan has 26. AJ has 24. Hmm. So. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) In what year was the movie Django Unchained first released? 
Number two, in what year did CNN begin broadcasting? Number three, in what year was Britney Spears' album Baby One More Time first released? Number four, in what year did Rome, Italy host the Summer Olympics? Number five, in what year was Neil Gaiman's American Gods first published? Number six, in what year was Mount Rushmore completed? Number seven, in what year was the video game system now known as the Atari 2600 first released? And finally, in what year did Diners Club first issue what were essentially the first credit cards? I'm locked in. I've locked in. AJ is in. We're just waiting on Jonathan. I'm locked in. Okay, so we're going to go through these one at a time. We'll go Jonathan, Jeff, AJ. First question, in what year was Django Unchained first released? Jonathan. I I was 50-50ing between this one, American Gods, and the decade. I chose 2012. Jeff. I went 2013. And AJ. 2015. Okay, so it was 2012, so Jonathan and Jeff getting a full point, AJ a half point doubled for one. That was some lucky stuff right there. Number two, in what year did CNN begin broadcasting? Jonathan. I said 1987. Jeff. Uh, I said 1976. AJ. 1986. CNN first began broadcasting in 1980. Whoa! So a half a point for Jeff. And that is it. Oh, man! Number three, Britney Spears, Baby One More Time. What year, Jonathan? 1998. Jeff? 1998. AJ? 1997. It was first released in January of 1999. So... Jonathan and Jeff picking up a full point. AJ, a half a point (laughs) doubled. Rome, Italy hosting the Summer Olympics. Jonathan. I'm struggling on this one. I went for the middle and guessed uh, 1965. Jeff. Uh, uh, That's fair. I went with the same approach, uh, but I figured I should stick with an Olympic year, so I went 64. (laughs) AJ. I went 1956. Oh, no. The Melbourne Olympics were 1956. The Tokyo Olympics were 1964. The Rome Olympics were 1960. So half point for Jeff and Jonathan, a half point doubled for one for AJ. Number five, Neil Gaiman's American Gods, Jonathan. Straight guess, 2008. Jeff. 2004. AJ. 2002. American Gods was first published in 2001. Oh! Zero for Jonathan, a half a point for Jeff, a full point doubled for two for AJ. Mount Rushmore completion, number six, Jonathan. 1945. Jeff. Yeah, I could be off on this. I went 1935. AJ. 1948. Mount Rushmore? 
was completed in 1941. Oof. A half a point Oof. for Jonathan. AJ, you know I'm trying to beat you oh, right now. I don't want you I in know. the final. So, oh, <laughs> the Atari 2600, what year, Jonathan? I said 1977, but your CNN answer made me super nervous that this might be earlier than I think, too. Jeff. I went 1982. AJ. 1978. It was 1977. So a full point for Jonathan, a half a point for Jeff, a full point doubled for AJ. And finally, in what year did Diners Club first issue what were essentially the first credit cards? Jonathan. I said 1956. Jeff. 1957. AJ. I said 1937. It was 1950. Ooh. Oh! Oh! So no points on that one. Okay, so on halftime, Jonathan picked up four. Jeff picked up four. AJ picked up three and a half, doubled for seven. Your scores... In this game. <laughs> One oh, you guys should see AJ right now. He is so relieved. I'm not going to say excited. I'm going to say relieved. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff, up. for triviality, picking up the seven points, finishing at 36 in total. So, uh, seven points nice for job, triviality. Jeff. Thank you. Nice job. Finishing in second, getting the four points at 31, AJ. Finishing in third, getting zero, 30 points, Jonathan. By one point. Ugh. You beat me by one point, dude. You know, you should, you should all be very, very thrilled that I did that, because you didn't want my questions. You didn't want my questions. <laughs> you know, like, that's fair. Mm, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. I still wanted a shot at the title. Yeah. You, can go f- you can go for the Intercontinental title. Next time. <laughs> all right, so... Um, Jeff, you have the final scorecard after four rounds. Andy is definitely in the final with 21 points. Uh, I know I'm in the final with eight points and I believe AJ is in the final with eight points. Triviality finished with seven. Despite my, uh, yeah, despite my best efforts at the end there. <laughs> you, you could only do your best. You couldn't hurt his score. That's right. <laughs> We both lost that by one point, dude. I lost by one point, and that made you lose by one point. Well, we get a plus Close one call. for scorekeeping, so... <laughs> Where's your double now? Where's your double now? If I had gotten one more quest... Stupid, the Spanish countries, dude. If I had chosen any other random Spanish country, yeah, no, damn Belize. Damn Belize. <sighs> I, f- I feel good believe. that we at least took first place in one of those. That's right. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. No shame. All right, so that's going to go into the final round here. The competitors are AJ Mass from Beat My Guest, Andy Saunders from Complete the List, and Jonathan Oaks from Trivial Warfare. The scores are 21 to 8 to 8, and Triviality is about to tell us how this final round is going to work. Okay, so the way this final round is going to work is kind of similar to um, to what we do on our show. It'll be a little bit different. So on our show, we... We allow uh, teams to wager 0 to 30 points per question, but limiting based on how many points they've accumulated. This time, we're going to do 0 to 4 points. 
since it's 21, 8 to 8. But uh, you can bet over the amount you've accumulated total. So zero to four points based on your confidence in these questions. You guys ready for your categories? Yes, sir. All right. Category one. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. Category two. Shakespearean pursuit. Category three. Awards. Academy Awards. Category four. Tribond. And category five. Sports and geography. I see what you've done with one of those categories, and I'm not happy. About it. <laughs> I had to, Jonathan. I'm sorry. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> <laughs> I've locked in my bets. I am also locked. What do I got to lose? <laughs> Question one in the category that's a bold strategy, Cotton. This former Heisman winner became the first non-QB to have more than 10 rushes and end up with negative yards. The tape of this season is another one that he probably wouldn't want to watch. All right, so uh, while the contestants are thinking of those answers, we're going to move on to question two in the category Shakespearean Pursuit. Most of Shakespeare's works are remembered for their take on life, love, death, and even revenge. In other words, the story. However... His play, The Winner's Tale, is most remembered for a famous stage direction given to the character Antigonus, which says, exit, pursued by what animal? Locked in. Locked in. Oh, I can see where this is in. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's the man. Shakespearean writing on the wall. All right, Neil's keeping it for question three. All right, it's going to stay with me for question three. In the category of... And I'm going to try to do it in a Sean Connery accent now that Jonathan's figured it out. Awards. Academy Awards. Um, <laughs> only seven actors or actresses who have appeared in an official James Bond film have won Oscars, two of which were women. Name those women. Just to repeat, only seven actors or actresses who have appeared in an official James Bond film have won Oscars, two of which were women. Name those women. The the ironic thing here, the only question you've asked so far that I'm sure of the answer is the one I bet the least points on. <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. All right. So as a bit of an homage to Trivial Warfare, we're going to do a tri-bond here. The question is, what popular character actor can you find in the following films? Lincoln, Shutter Island, and Semi-Pro. All right, and the fifth and final question. Sports, famously not my category, but sports and geography I can live with. Your question. Name the largest U.S. state by population that is home to only one NFL stadium. I wish I'd have paid more attention to the rankings that Andy was giving when he did the state population question earlier. (laughs) He literally told us the order, and I wasn't listening to it at all. I think Andy might know that one then. You think? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) All right, everyone is locked in. So for question one, uh, Jonathan wagered four, Andy with zero, and AJ with four. Uh, Jonathan, let's start with Andy then. Which Heisman winner did you come up with? I came up with Reggie Bush. Okay. Uh, AJ. I went with Barry Sanders. And Jonathan. I was struggling mightily. 
I came up with two. At first, I said O.J. Simpson because there's probably a bunch of tapes he wouldn't want to watch. <laughs> but then I changed it at the last minute to Reggie Bush, who uh, I think had a uh, tape of his proclivities, um, <laughs> which might uh, might not want to be watched. Some so I said Reggie Bush. man famous for dating a Kardashian. The answer is Reggie Bush. Nice. I came out of nowhere well, with that Jonathan. one. He's also the kind of running back that could lose yards easy. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was his uh, last season with Buffalo. He uh, had 10, wow. r- 12 rushes for minus three yards and then promptly <laughs> retired. So, pro- And I also say former Heisman Award winner because he got it taken away and had to sell it or whatever happened there with the sanctions. Uh, moving right along to question two, which was in Shakespearean Pursuit. Everyone bet four on this question, so everyone was pretty confident going into the question. Let's see how everyone is after the question i was looking for what animal was in the stage direction in shakespeare's the winner's tale let's start with jonathan truthfully i would have gone zero if i wasn't so far behind andy uh because shakespeare's not my jam but i said a dragon okay let's go to andy Okay, so when I saw the category Shakespearean Pursuit, um, I had a pretty good idea of where it was probably going to go, and that's actually why I chose to bet four on that question and not the first one. Essentially, the only Shakespearean Pursuit that's really known is um, Exit Pursued by a Bear from The Winter's Tale. Bear. Okay, a bear, and let's go to AJ. Uh, and this is a question that I have asked on Beat My Guest, so made it really easy for me to know <laughs> that it is Exit Pursued by a Bear. It is Exit it Pursued by a Bear. It that we have not asked enough Shakespeare questions on Trivial Warfare. <laughs> <laughs> One of the early episodes of Complete the List was also titled Exit Pursued by a Bear. <laughs> Ooh. Aww. <laughs> Gotta listen to those I shows. probably listen to Do it. your research, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that, that is correct. It was exit pursued by a bear. So four points all around um, going into. No, no, I, I did not get bear. Sorry. Thank you. So four points going to uh, Andy and AJ and Jonathan uh, will be losing four points on that question. The dragon makes that a very different play. I think it'd be a better play, though, if it was a dragon. Frankly, I originally had a lion written down and I was like, no, that, I don't think they were in Africa. This is, no, I got to change lion. Because <laughs> the dragons are. <laughs> if only I'd thought about tigers or bears, bears would have been the likely choice out of the three. I know, oh we, we had talked about bears so much before in the normal game. <sighs> Should have gone with frog, Jonathan. There you go. <laughs> I thought about Cedric Benson for the running back. <laughs> <laughs> or or Rashan Salam. Oh, man, Salam. Exactly. Uh, question three was in the category awards, Academy Awards, which Jonathan quickly picked up on as a James Bond question. Uh, I was looking for out of the seven actors or actresses who have appeared in official James Bond films, which uh, two women won Oscars out of those seven. And it looks like Jonathan bet one wisely, not knowing James Bond. Andy bet zero, but AJ went all in with four. So let's start with Andy who has nothing to lose. What two actresses did you have? Um, I was, well, because I bet zero, I didn't decide, I decided I wasn't going to spend too much time thinking about it. Um, I said one was Halle Berry and I couldn't come up with the other. So I just said Halle Berry and a question mark. Okay. Double Halle Berry. Uh, let's go to Jonathan. Unfortunately, this was a James Bond question that I actually feel like I know. Uh, I said Halle Berry and Dame Judi Dench. Oh, yep. Yep. That's the other one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and AJ, what did you have? 
I also had the uh, star of Swordfish, Harry Halle Berry, and uh, Dame Judi Dench. Well, for Monsters Ball, it was Halle Berry and Shakespeare in Love, Dame Judi Dench. She didn't win her Oscar for Swordfish. <laughs> <It was. laughs> she did not. But she no, that was Hugh Jackman's Oscar, obviously. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorite trivia facts is that she won uh, the Oscar for Monsters Ball, and then the same year uh, won her Razzie for Catwoman. All right, moving. Well, up. both both well deserved awards. That's yes. True. <laughs> yes. All right, moving on to the next question. It was just a simple tri bond, and we had Jonathan betting four, Andy with zero, and AJ with four. I just wanted to know what popular character actor can you find in the following films: Lincoln, Shutter Island, and Semi Pro. So again, with nothing to lose, let's start with Andy. And with nothing to lose, I uh, basically punted the question, and just I have no answer. Okay, and with everything to gain, Jonathan. I named the best um, character actor I could think of, the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. And AJ? Uh, having not seen any of these three movies made it very difficult for me to get this question right. So Also here. <laughs> yeah. I guessed John C. Riley. Okay, so no points on this one. Uh, losing four will be Jonathan and AJ, and staying the same as Andy. The correct answer is Jackie Earl Haley. Okay. I don't know what that person looks like. You'd probably recognize him. He's he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, made famous by Bad News Bears until he became an adult. Little children. So, uh, some of his more popular roles include uh, playing Freddy Krueger in the reboot, Nightmare on Elm Street. And Rorschach and oh, Watchmen. Rorschach and Watchmen. That, huh? Yeah, just picture Riff Raff from uh, Rocky Horror, and that's pretty much what he looks like. Yeah, exactly. That's a great description. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> All right, and the final category being sports and geography. Uh, and the wagers were four points across the board. So uh, the question was to uh, name the largest U.S. state by population that is home to one NFL stadium. And uh, let's go to uh, Jonathan on that one. I figured it was Charlotte's uh, stadium, so I said North Carolina. All right, and uh, AJ. I went with New York. Andy. Yeah, the Jets and Giants play in New Jersey, so the only stadium oh, in there is on. Buffalo's in New York. Buffalo. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I wondered who New might York. get caught out on that. That's a little bit of a red herring. But yes, uh, the only team to play actually in New York, the Buffalo Bills. New York is the third largest state by population. New York. Man, I fell into the trap. It was a bear trap. <laughs> uh, it was a buffalo. You got buffaloed into it. <laughs> no, no. Considering where you guys are from, it was definitely a bear trap. <laughs> All right. And uh, so final scores. Uh, Jonathan loses seven of his eight, falls to one point. I finished in the positive, baby. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a sort of victory in a in a competition where it's easy you could have uh you could have finished uh quite negative you did uh, you did james fine. bond saved me from going negative <laughs> well you'd have been at zero uh, no yeah negative one <laughs> yeah james bond did save you so that's good though it's a lucky charm now i mean yeah. that's like a badge of honor uh aj finished with 12 points well done and he Huzzah. couldn't be caught through any of the rounds <laughs> and certainly couldn't cut, be caught in the final andy with 29 points exceptionally well done Thank you. Andy Saunders, congratulations, yeah. are the champion of the first Trivia Olympics. We'll see you in that four years. That is fabulous. That was not canned applause <laughs> either. That was actual applause. <laughs> the man is a beast. This is where we normally say bear, he was the, uh, the cream of the crop. So, today. guys, that wraps up the first Trivia Olympics. Thank you so much 
to Andy Saunders, AJ Mass, and all of you guys from Triviality. Remind everybody where they can find your shows. AJ, let's start with you. All right. Well, Beat My Guest is certainly, uh, you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, it is an iTunes uh, easily pick up there. Just type Beat My Guest into the search and you will find it. You can also uh, find the podcast on Twitter at, at @bmgpod. Absolutely. Are you on Instagram yet? No, I am not on Instagram. I don't. I don't. Right. I don't Insta book, Snapchat, <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> you don't Insta Snap. You're not doing Tinder. Right. You said on your on your podcast. Oh yeah, we're on Tinder. So. <laughs> so oh, for let me tell you something. When the Trivial Warfare Tinder account opens up, it's going to be a thing. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a thing. <laughs> Shut down Tinder. It's oh, a baby. Oh baby. <laughs> Uh, all right, our champion, Andy Saunders. Tell everybody where they can go for Complete the List. Well, uh, Complete the List is available on iTunes, uh, Google Play, as well as, or I should say, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and a direct download link is available at thejeopardyfan.com slash Complete the List. Also on Twitter, at Complete List. Fantastic. And gentlemen from Triviality, Neil, Jeff, Matt, and Ken, where can people go for Triviality and where can they connect with you? Well, uh, the easiest way to find the podcast is to go to trivialitypodcast.com. If you'd like to reach out to us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter, we are at TrivialityPod. And uh, we look forward to uh, having some some new listeners or uh, to join our community of listeners that we have right now. We uh, We love talking about wrestling, Patrick Swayze, pop culture, geography, science, anything in between. So we look forward to hearing from all of you. And, and of course, uh, available on your uh, preferred podcast apps, pretty much, and Spotify And now. Spotify now, yeah. Fantastic. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. This was a ton of fun. It went as well or better than I could have hoped for. You were all fantastic guests. And that is going to wrap us up. So for Ken, for Matt, for Jeff and Neil, for AJ and Andy, I am Jonathan. And this has been a bonus episode of Trivial Warfare, where it's not just trivia, it's war. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Trivial Warfare. To learn more about the show and become a warhead yourself, visit TrivialWarfare.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or in any other good podcast app. And find us on Facebook or Twitter by searching Trivial Warfare. Warm It Up was written and performed by Matthew Stevens. This episode was edited and produced by me, Joel Sharpton. If you need help with your podcast, find it at propodcastingservices.com. You know, it's funny is every time I try and name one of your shows, I keep conflating them. I'm like, beat my list. Complete the guest. <laughs> Triviality warfare. <laughs> <laughs>